Uh, and you know what? I admire you guys for you guys are football. You got balls. You're trying something off for size. And I like to talk about all kinds of subjects, and I'm not afraid of who the audience is. I say what's on my mind. I throw the microphone back to you. It's the anybody can do this show. Yes, here we go again. Give you more, nothing less. Sir. Back on the mic is the anti-police. What it do, nephews? <laughs> it's your boy, neighbor Nick, and welcome to season three, episode eighteen of the Anybody Can Do This Show. As always, I am joined to my right by my right-hand man, Skater Rob. Also tonight, lucky to be joined by the one and only Shelf in the Delft, Top Shelf Tom, and listening in right now, but jumping in a little bit later, the one and only J.W. Yoke. Everyone other than Yoke, because you don't have a microphone, how the hell are you? What's We're up, doing boys? good. What's up, We're doing good. fellas? Skater, do me a favor for the people, for the anybody's out there. Read that first bullet point on the notes right there that I have written oh, down. God. The weather. The weather. And you know <laughs> why I have the weather written down there? Because it is Tuesday, March 9th, and I am officially declaring outside maybe one more snowstorm in the beginning of April. The weather has officially turned. It feels beautiful outside, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody's yeah. been getting outside. It. I was. Uh, I went. We played tennis today. Me and Mrs. Neighbor before we recorded nice. outside. We took uh, Ida, the dog, for a little walk in the dog park. And uh, Mrs. Neighbor goes, "I feel like we took Molly. It's so nice out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it was just like so nice and beautiful, yeah. dude. And like I was t-shirt telling weather. the t-shirt weather, like shorts and a hoodie weather. Like I don't know, man. I am a firm believer that season." depression is a thing like once you get out of college get to a certain age a lot of people struggle with when it gets cold and especially now with quarantine and shit man so hoping everybody's getting outside let those wings flap a little bit and maybe even a picnic or two if you're a certain type of chuck yeah that, that vitamin d deficiency is a real thing but amen, uh, Do- amen. yeah but yeah I'm a, you know i'm a big picnic guy i think <laughs> this time well not this time last year but last summer when i jumped on we couldn't record until like, like 9 9 30 usually and I realized that it's it's picnic season, you know, well, picnic <laughs> season starting Monday officially. So once daylight savings is over, I'm officially deeming it picnic season. We're going to have to record from, a little later. From the Pope of picnicking himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love do you, it. Do you ever go like, do you solo picnic? I assume you go with your girl or something. But yeah, do you- yeah, no. But a large majority of the time I go with my lady. Um, yeah. Sometimes. You guys go somewhere different every time? Try to, yeah. This was a, uh, well, it was a new initiative. Uh, I moved in with the lady in May. And then, okay. um, you know, with lockdown and quarantine and everything, we got a nice, like, 80 by 80 outdoor blanket with, like, a tarp bottom and then a nice, like, comfortable, uh, uh, like, a fabric on the top. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, bring a bottle of wine or two, maybe this a little left-handed cigarette. <laughs> I love this, but it's like we start talking about tarp, tarp bottomed blankets and shit. I'm like, this is on a whole, it's on a whole new level, which I absolutely love. I just but, had to go there. Though. Yeah, I'm sorry. no, I appreciate that you did. But uh, we got some real business to get to here with Top Shelf Tom. So Top Shelf's on this week to discuss two Pittsburgh film classics, Striking Distance, Sudden Death. Kind of go real in depth into a favorite genre of skater Rob, a not too favorite genre of mine. I'm we're all gonna go in this. Have a nice level-headed, cool, calm, and collected conversation about films and friends and good times. 
Sure. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you, you seem skeptical, but I think before we do that, we got to do a quick little wrap up of last week's episode because we had another yeah. great interview with this side up. This time with Shayla Larson, who came on here. Another one of these this side up uh, cast and crew members that are claiming they've never done interviews before and then come in here and absolutely hit grand slam home runs. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of them are like just really natural, man. Dude. And she was a, 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 another perfect example of like a different version of this side up because someone who's kind of living the nine to five life like we are as well as yeah. involved in like this big creative project. So it was nice to kind of get like a different, a different look at it. Like I that. did think that was interesting. She happens to like her full time job. And, right. And yeah, it was a diff- little bit different of a story, but still awesome. But yeah. uh, so shout out Shayla. Hope to have her Fuck back yeah. sometime too. And we got her to stick around for some beat or beat those cheeks, which I think she had fun rad, with. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's jump into the questionnaire uh, real quick and then uh, no counter punch this week. And then we'll just get right in do our, our movie spiel here, boys. So, uh, again, questionnaire, if you're not familiar, if you're asleep at the wheel, if you're a ding-dong, if you're sleeping through daylight savings time, maybe took a little too much melatonin, you're feeling groggy, too much NyQuil, whatever it may be, uh, and you don't know what's going on, the questionnaire is listed in our Instagram bio. The link's always there every week when we post the show on Thursday. Um, you can go there. It always has questions that have to do with uh, the episode that's up for that week. Easiest way to get involved in the show, you just go follow us on Instagram, the Anybody Can Do This Show, at the Anybody Can Do This Show on Instagram. Go there, follow, bang, smash that link in the bio. Bing, bang, smash. <laughs> and then uh, make sure you're smashing bing, bang, smash by 5 p.m. on Tuesday so we can get you in here and get rocking and rolling. So, like I said, we really only asked people what they thought about Shayla's interview outside of uh, kind of getting ready for the movie segment here. But let's see what everybody had to say from the sit-down with Shayla Larson. Skater, you want to read these for the people? Yeah, I'll read them. Uh, we'll start with bleep. Uh, I dig the idea of micro goals. Little steps lead to big changes. I wholeheartedly agree with that. That's been a big thing for me. It makes life way easier. Very appreciative of people Um, who remind me of that often, like yourself, skater and Miss bleep. So I think it says, uh, micro goals, not micro dose. (laughs) (laughs) Did I actually say micro? I think that's a sick burn on neighbor right there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, you putts don't make me kick you out of this meeting, man. I got, the pirate. Oh, like, yeah. I, I like you. You're feeling fresh out there in the belt. <laughs> uh, all right, Skater, why don't you keep rolling? Yes, Poop Stain's up next. Um, I'm ready to watch this side up. Amen. Same. Me too. Come on, David, get that streaming deal done and let us break the news, baby. Yeah. Um, Steel Gray, very motivated young woman. Um, Miss Beans, it made me realize I miss having a physical creative outlet. My job is mentally creative. I make social media posts and do creative marketing tasks all day, but I have nothing since retiring from my sport to help me physically move and express myself. She also made me realize I miss performing so much. I can't wait to find the next avenue that will allow me to do both those things. We can't wait for that either to happen, Miss Beans, because we know that you're going to shine in whatever you may do, and we'll probably talk about it here on the show maybe one day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up from the Shayla interview. So yeah. thank you for everybody who kind of wrote in about that. Um, again, we had life segment, which is why Yoke's here. We had some other good submissions for that, but we're going to talk about that kind of here at the end of the show. Uh, and then we also asked people to beat, beat those cheeks topics. We got those in the bank, but we did have some great anybody segment ideas input this week that I did want to share with the people. So the first one from bleep, this just made me laugh. Hmm. Also, I'll get back to you on this one next week. Break, 
break time has been done been over with for a while. <laughs> so that made me laugh. I, I enjoyed that. And then, uh, yeah. oh, 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 skater. <laughs> you know what that sound means. Yep. There's only one thing that can make skater strip fully nude, run up and down the hallway of our apartment building and come back to record. And that is that sound, which is in fact the sound of the response of the week. So shout out to uh, someone who I was realizing has not run response of the week somehow all season, but definitely deserved it with this comment. Yeah. Poop stain. Yeah. So shout out Poop Stain. If you're out there, which I know you are, you're live on the gram, you got your own Instagram account, make sure to DM so we can get you the intro for next week's show. You can read it, be the lead off. I think Poop Stain, I can't remember if it was Poop Stain or Gandalf did it once before and changed their voice, like with like the, oh, like really? the Bane <laughs> voice changer. Oh, awesome. It was hilarious. So yeah. I hope it was Poop Stain. We get another iteration of that. <laughs> if not, just steal Gandalf's idea and go ahead and do it. But uh, Poop Stain wins for I am beyond ready for the merch drop, care package, and also absolutely. Absolutely, poop stain. Let's Not only it. are we going to have merch drop and run season four comes out in April, May, whenever that ends up lining up, and uh, but you will definitely get a care package from Poop Stain. We yeah. need an address. Send that Poop Stain's been rocking us with us since Jump Street, so we got to yeah. get them squared away. Um, okay, like I said, no counter punches this week, but uh, if you're not familiar with Counterpunch, we got the email wide open, uh, theacdtshow at gmail.com. If you want to hop on voice notes or you just want to bang us out an email, you can go in there, send it to us, make sure you get those in by Tuesday at 5 o'clock as well so we can keep rocking and rolling. Um, that's it. See? Yeah. I told you I'd be quick. That's what she said. Um, that's what he said, I guess. But... Uh, <laughs> Shelf, you ready? You're like lounging over there. You got your gold mic. You got two screens. You look, you look comfy as hell. You look ready to talk some Pittsburgh film history, my friend. I am. I am. So, I'm comfy. I'm relaxed. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to talk shop. Fellas. Love it. So I think what we decided that we're gonna do here is we're gonna talk about striking distance first. Then okay. we'll talk sudden death. Uh, due to chronological order, release order, and then we will wrap up, we'll intertwine the anybody's uh, kind of input into those once we wrap up the films. Then we'll do the other Pittsburgh films, shows, whatever that we like that we want people to go check out if they haven't. Um, but also, when we talk about Striking Distance and Sudden Death, we're going to talk about kind of two main sections of both of them. Them as a movie, like as a film, enjoyable, like interdependent of the fact that it, they're filmed in Pittsburgh. Did I use that right? Interdependent? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, keep enough. going. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll also talk about it from the lens of Pittsburgh, like how Pittsburgh looks in it, how Pittsburgh it feels, it is, like all that type of stuff. I think that's the best way to do okay. this. Yeah. Skater mm -hmm. Rob. How are you feeling going into talking about two of your favorite movies, but definitely your favorite genre of movies, kind of like 80s, 90s action flicks? Um, dude, I'm fucking ready, dude. <laughs> I got another beer here. That's why I ditched the coffee. Dude. <laughs> I was going to drink coffee. I can't do it, dude. We're talking about shit blowing up and machine guns and shit. I have to, <laughs> have to drink beer, dude. <laughs> You're a lunatic, and I love it. So, yeah. um Shelp, I want to start with you. Let's start with striking distance here. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You and I are the same in the sense that we had never seen this movie before uh, we kind of came up with this segment idea. Rob had seen it a bunch of times, so I'll let you kind of take it away here. What are your thoughts on yeah. striking distance? So let me just kick it off by saying the last time I was on for Shelf Reflection, uh, Skater Rob's enthusiasm for these two films is what drew me to palpable. purchase of oh, palpable. I don't even think palpable does it justice, <laughs> but like, I've never seen anyone so excited about any film ever. Like, yeah. ever. 
about either of these so i was just like oh i gotta fucking get this and like for whatever reason i had to get them on dvd even though i don't have a dvd player and then uh i think i said two two weeks ago i was uh i was coming home for a boys weekend it was me and me and my pup and uh i got home from work you know around five on a friday afternoon and Cracked a few beers, sat down. Oh, so See? I found a TV in my basement that I had from college that has an integral DVD player. So then nice. we, got, we got going. So I, I'm dragging on here now, so I'll no, just get good. right to it. So I watched, I watched Sudden Death first and then Striking Distance 7. So at second. So as we start with Striking Distance, keep in mind at this point, I'm probably four and a half five beers deep <laughs> a, le- a left-handed cigarette yeah. maybe two maybe, i don't know i don't Almost know who's counting the story doesn't even matter anymore you're just there for the pittsburgh shit and uh yeah well, right. i'm sorry I'll, i'm getting ahead of myself i'll let you keep going here yeah no no so uh and i took i tried taking like live notes as i watched so i did like, the same i did the same in terms of uh you know me contributing to the to the filmmaking like you were kind of alluding to there nick it's it's going to be more my observations as a buzz to drunk potentially baked person you know which i I think it comes full circle based off of the first uh you know the first segment the last time i was on so there's my preface i love that i feel compelled to kind of start with my take on the movie here then because i i am kind of as much as i love shelf and this is his segment this is as i said to skater off mic maybe even on mic my thoughts on some of these movies i think skater thinks might fracture our relationship here i think skater thinks i went in just ready to hate all these things but let me start by saying that i am confident in this next statement that I believe that Striking Distance is the greatest film ever made. What? <laughs> yes, dude. I, oh, he I, the rug out from under I loved it. Dude. Like, I loved it. Right <laughs> <laughs> dude, your face was so worth it, dude. It was, I thought it was spectacular, dude. Yeah. I really did. I thought it was a great, again, I am the first to admit that those like early 90s, late 80s movies do not hold my attention, especially like this action movie. But like I was saying to you, like, the, in my opinion, there's no way you can compare striking distance and sudden death in like the same category of movie. Like two you know, totally different, two man. totally two, different. Like one place takes place, or one movie takes place in the same place the whole entire right, movie. And, and we'll get into sudden yeah, death, yeah. but like striking distance and like just from a film, I thought the story was great. I thought like the twist was just wild enough that like it worked. Like they don't tell you that like how his cousin survives jumping off that yeah, bridge. Exactly. He just like survived jumping off the bridge and he's there. Like I thought it was that car chase at the beginning. Dude, and dude. like, and that'll go into like my Pittsburgh part of it. I guess I can just like go on my, like it was so accurate to Pittsburgh, dude. Like, in the beginning, he's like, bang a right on Bigelow. They're actually filming, like, on Bigelow, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and they it's just did like, kind of flop, though, because he was, like, over on the Bloomfield Bridge, and then he, like, but comes that's down how you can come up. The, that's all the Bigelow Liberty up Bridge. there. And then, he, yeah, but if you take if you take Bigelow all the way down, you get to the Liberty Bridge, right by the stadium. Kind of, yeah, there is kind of Because he went through connection. the 10th Street Tunnels, which is right by us. Like, they go wide, yeah. wide up. Uh, it, yeah. it was just wild. And I thought it was a great movie. Like, I wanted to go in there hating Shelf. I was making fun of you for, like, I thought you were watching 
watching it with your lady. I watched this with Mrs. Neighbor, and she loved it, dude. Like, it, like she, she fucking loved it. Like, we were watching it fucking last night away. in bed, and she was like, she would have hated sudden death, I think. But, like, really? strike, dude, striking distance, I thought, was fucking sick. I thought it was great. I have so many notes, but I want other people to jump Damn. in. I just don't want to dominate. Like, um, Dude, yeah, I mean... Uh, I was going to talk about that opening fucking car chase scene, but I, I mean, we mm-hmm. already touched up on it, but, um, so like in, in the, in the, Rob, this is a good question for you. Like in the, in the landscape of like this genre is the, is striking distance. Like, do you feel as passionately about striking distance as I do? Is that's like, it's a sick movie or you're just kind of like, no, you, it, it's fucking, you love it, right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite action movies ever. And it's totally underrated. I think, you know, because, I, let's face it. I think it's really easy for us to like it because it's in Pittsburgh and you, you know, you see all these crazy shots and you're like super psyched on right. it. Right. And on the flip side though, I think it's really easy to like talk shit and like expect it to be a bad movie just because it's yeah. like, Oh, it's so cool. It's like filmed in Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't well, know. Dude, I don't- honestly, like, I, I, there's other 80s action movies that are like filmed in like Detroit or Cleveland or other like Rust Belt cities right. and I like that shit too because it's not like Los Angeles or right. uh, mm-hmm. even I even like the old New York City shit man because it was really gritty back then but I don't know man I just it's a star studded cast too absolutely yeah pumped, oh dude. my god yeah yeah go off king go yeah. off king no, no, uh, uh, Skater you bring up some good points like the, the whole Rust Belt aspect uh, it, it makes it more relatable to the average viewer, right? Yes. Um, and just, I mean, Pittsburgh's an incredibly scenic town. You For know? sure. And, and I don't know the specific areas you guys are talking about. Like, I, I haven't been through the, well, maybe I have, but the 10th Street Bridge or Tunnel or whatever you're you talking about. You have, probably, actually, because that's that. all by us down here, right, on the yeah. south okay, side. I know yeah. you've been down here, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, then I probably have. It was fun. Um, I, I thought what, one of my qualms with it, and again, one of my notes is, not going to lie, wasn't paying attention to this one that much. So, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think well, it was just for it, you to know. But, you know what, one of my issues with it was uh, it tried taking itself a little too seriously. The I cast could, is amazing. I, right. I could get that. I see where you're coming with that. Young. Well, like I said, I was also like at least five years deep at that point. Right. Yeah. I, I, but it's like to that point, like I think they tried to do too much like when they made her like like SJP like an undercover like agent like that's a perfect example where it's just like they did nothing other than that scene in the courtroom with that it didn't change her relationship with bruce willis at all like it didn't do anything to like affect the movie so i'll see i'll, I'll give you that for sure like if, if you would agree with yeah, me on that but, shelf like that but, part yeah yeah sjp was so sick in it i thought it was cool my first there was that she got the second billing on it which yeah. is cool after yeah. bruce willis dude one of the best <laughs> Uh, some of the notes, it looks like we have his name, but the uh, the uncle, maybe it's Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina, I have that, in, dude. I, oh yeah, he's the funniest, funniest <laughs> line of the movie is when he looks at SJP and he just goes, "Not bad." Yeah. like she, like she's not the hottest law enforcement officer in Pittsburgh that the Midwest has ever dude, seen. Dude, she's the hottest chick Pittsburgh has ever seen. Like, 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 no offense to all my beautiful women of Pittsburgh, but, like, this is what... Dude, I am not an SJP fan. Like, I have never thought that she was, like, super attractive in Sex in the City. She jumped mm-hmm. onto the screen in this movie, and 
again, Mrs. Neighbor said the same exact thing, which is just like, I've never found this. She's never looked cute or attractive and things. Probably one of her first movies. Stacked. Absolute rocket launcher. Young SJP in that movie. Like, like absolute rocket. Like, and again, you got the nineties Baywatch one piece bathing suit style, Mm -hmm. like a lot of nostalgia there for some young bulls our age. You know what I mean? A little Pam Anderson throwback, but no, I, we can't, I have a note too. And I know we get into it with the anybody's. Dennis Farina, just like that uncle, Captain Cop Man. Dennis Farina always is a delight when he pops on your screen. This is strictly for my dad. Dennis Farina looks exactly like I call my uncle. He's my dad's cousin, Frankie Alessandro in Long Island. But like he looks identical to my uncle, Frankie Alessandro with the fat mustache. And like, oh, my God, dude. And he I thought for a while that he was going to be the killer, him or the drunk brother. Well, he he kind of knew, though. He, he was the one who knew. Right. right? And so I thought, see, that it. was a great twist that he yeah. he killed the dad. This is what I was confused, mm-hmm. though. I thought they were brothers. But Farina must have been, because, like, Bruce Willis's dad was divorced. They make that very clear in, like, the first scene when they're getting ready to go to that ball. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking now that Farina was his mom's brother. Because they never talk about Bruce Willis's dad and Dennis Farina being yeah, brothers. They just call him Uncle Nick. Or whatever, yeah. which I guess Nick <laughs> namesake. Uncle Maver Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so we. I, we had a, I, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just. I gonna, was just gonna say. <laughs> go. <laughs> so doing uh, some preliminary research when I had ordered it, I was looking at like reviews, which I try to avoid with any movie. Any oh, context, you have to. But, uh, yeah. but like one of the notes on it was like, and honestly, it was like. This movie has a twist so absurd that you can't even be mad at it. So, like, the whole time, like, I'm taking notes. I'm like, all right. I was like, oh, the dad's the killer. And then yeah, he just right. gets smoked in that car crash scene. Yeah, dude, first five <laughs> minutes like, is oh, cooked. I <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, all right. So, I think that we've covered kind of, like, the yeah. film. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say about, like, it is a movie before we dive into, like, the Pittsburgh part of it? Um, Dude. I am blown away that you actually liked it. I, I knew mean, you would be, crazy. dude. I, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> and I'm not even speechless. like I. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I th- and again, I think a lot of that could be. I very much expected it to be the absolute worst movie I'd ever seen. But I it, think it, it's like the perfect '80s action movie dude, for you because it's Pittsburgh and, and it's '93, like, which can, it's not the '80s, so it is the perfect '80s action there movie. You for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Although '93 is not very like different. Correct. I will 89. give you that. Yeah, I think you could classify almost any movie into like '97 and '80s movie. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> All out. All thank, out. thank you, Shelf. Um, yeah, but I want to get into the Pittsburgh part, dude. I mean, we talked about the beginning scene. Pittsburgh looks gorgeous Phenomenal, in this movie, dude. dude. Two points that I definitely wanted to bring up on that was like the one part that I love the most is like their like headquarters, that like ship, like clipper ship looking thing where their main office has all the windows to look out where she's like, right. Where like yeah. uh, Kim Lee's writing on the chalkboard and shit. Um, that looked like the coolest fucking office ever. Yeah. And something that I like have to dog them for that. Like, bro, they make living in Pittsburgh feel like you're living on Lake Michigan, dude. Like, like with like how much action like, is like, like how many people are like ripping it up on these boats <laughs> on the water oh, and like yeah, how much yeah. action these river cops, are seeing you know what I mean it's like dude the only people on the river uh, right now are fishing or like drunk on those tiki boats like there's nobody like ripping up and down unless it's like regatta weekend I thought yeah, they made I was it gonna, well that's like, what I was just gonna say man the regatta's fucking nuts dude in yeah. Memorial Day there's gonna be a million people out there you might that. be right and especially now people have been cooped up like boats maybe yeah. like pools and shit but I don't know they definitely make it seem like they're in like some yeah. like 
I know what you mean. Sick, like coast, not coastal, but like lake town where it's like, I don't know. It yeah. definitely is a different. Those rivers are kind of skinny, man. You can't just fucking just be barging back and Dude, forth. Dude, Pittsburgh and, looks gorgeous. They start like after that car scene with like the beautiful shot, like over Mount Warsh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Coming in, it just, it I looks that's so the very awesome. first shot. But, and what I love mm-hmm. too is like, I don't think you could like, I don't know. Like, it's not like they filmed it in Pittsburgh and tried to say it was New York or anything. Not like you yeah. could, but like, I, that like drives me nuts in movies. Like, we might just get into that city. a little bit on our list of uh, honorable mentions. I would agree but, with you. Tom, yeah. what do you think is like a non Pittsburgh guy watching that four beers deep? No, it's beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. Pittsburgh's a beautiful city. Um, just going through some of the miscellaneous notes I had, uh, I just wrote down Flare Gun Bruce. To be honest, like, I don't, I don't fully remember the context. Of oh, that. dude, that—that's he shoots a flare gun at a car that he thinks he sees dropping a body in the river, and it just ends up being a rug. And so he, okay. he gets like right, dogs because right, right, he right, like okay. he like fucks it up and like, but like yeah, I, shooting the flare gun at the car. I, I, yeah, I do kind of remember that. I'm here to um, help you through this, man. This is what I'm thanks. here for. <laughs> thanks, brother. So, um, uh, no, I guess when they show one of the, uh, one of the women that got dumped into the, uh, into the river, when they find the corpse, like, the actress blinked. I really? Like, really? At one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That. We gotta, we gotta get that and fucking put that on our Instabrag, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll put it on there for sure. We'll, find it. We'll track it down. And then actually, I did have a filmmaking note, actually. They used, uh. A lot of Dutch angles, which Skater, you might know about it, but it's like it's a it's a shot that's set up from a lower perspective and like tilted a little bit. Like Scorsese loves using it. Uh, okay. Tarantino fucks with it heavily. Like, it's the, almost the, like a. They used to do that a lot in like film noir movies in mm-hmm. like the 30s and 40s. And they shit. did it like in the yeah. when they do the policeman's ball at the point, and that the drunk cousin is like with the fireworks or whatever. That's why it's that all it's sticks, all so. to give that like kind of like uh, thriller sort of look or serial killer you know thriller kind of look. I think. Yeah, at least. No, for sure, for sure. But that was just that was the only film made. The, the last Dude, thing I want. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. was going to mention something. It's pretty crazy, like how many like details they get right. Like even the the when they're watching the news, like they're getting the people from <laughs> fucking exactly Channel right. Sally Wiggins is yes, in there. Sally yeah, Wiggins. dude. And they were they were uh it's uh the first serial killer's called the Polish Hill Strangler. Exactly, dude. dude. That they, they, they just totally embraced dude. it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's I'm so great you said that. And it's like I was looking it up like obviously it makes sense now directors from Pittsburgh. Uh I think he's got a Rowdy Harrington is his name. I know it was like Rowdy he's something. From? He's got the wildest name. Yokes laughing over there it was the wildest name. But like He's like, he did Roadhouse. He did Repo Men. Like I've seen Roadhouse. I haven't nice. seen Repo Men, but like he's done. He's done some shit. Oh, but like you so could good. tell he was from Pittsburgh. And like once I found that out, I was like convincing myself that little things I was seeing. Like so, a perfect example is one of the cops or somebody. His last name is Sacco. Right. And yeah. dude, that Jimmy Sacco is the guy who runs Heinz Field for the Steelers, dude. Like he's oh, been there forever shit. and like is a Pittsburgh legend. Like Boys of Calipari just like kind of has that vibe to him in the city. I mean, I'm a little biased. I was lucky enough to like work for him for a while before yeah. I moved on to a new job or like, uh, I swear to God, that's part of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm also yeah. convinced that they casted that one uh, cop who, like, hates Bruce Willis, like, with the slick back hair, the blonde slick back hair that yeah. he, like, punches at the end, Eddie, I think, because 
that guy look like Terry Bradshaw if he went through a pasta maker? Like, like dude, he looked absolutely oh, fucking ridiculous, yeah, that I guy. I love that like, connection. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I awesome. said that to Mrs. Neighbor, and we were cracking up in there. Yeah. Like, that's how she's go, she just kept calling a pasta maker Terry. Because like, yeah. real yinzers yeah, just, don't like Terry Bradshaw, dude. Well, yeah, and again, yeah, this is, I guess, yeah. Like, yeah. And then the last thing, and thinking we move on to sudden death, and the last note I yeah. have is just houseboat, because I found myself after the movie late at night just Googling houseboats for yeah, sale. Yeah, I've been wondering <laughs> where the hell that is, dude. Or where, like, it's obviously not anywhere, but where they put it, you know? Where yeah. they, like, set that shit up, dude. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I always thought that it, it was based out of that now. little house under PNC Park. Well, that was their, like, headquarters. Like, that's their, like, little patrol spot. But he had a house that he right, lived on. Right, like a houseboat. Literally, like, yeah. on, right down a creek, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right down a creek. Let's move right down a creek and hop right into sudden death, okay? Yes. So... Yes. Sorry. Uh, it, Striking Distance released 1993. Sudden Death released 1995. Uh, Skater, if I were to give you the option that you could only watch Striking Distance or Sudden Death, which one would you pick? Uh, it's tough. Um, Sorry about everybody okay. about that. Um, I think I'm just going to have to go with Striking Distance, but maybe for the sake of the story, I'll say... Sudden death. <laughs> Thanks, man. We could have could have done that a little, a little more um, slick. Um, maybe let's let top. Sh- sorry, did, did you have? Something? Yeah, maybe I'm just not the right person to ask. You gotta. Yeah. You oh, gotta well, shelf. I think you are then because you said this is the one that you watch first. A little bit more clear state of mind. So I'm sure you have a more strong opinion on this one. Yeah, I mean that was a little unfair to Rob. There, he's a student of these two films <laughs> and the genre. You know, it's like asking. Uh, you know, it's like asking a literature, a literature it's like professor asking your, to who's your, which kid's your favorite. You know, like yeah, it's yeah, tough, yes. Dude. Well, yes. You must be yes. new here because all I do is not be fair to Rob. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you know, in hindsight, I probably would have watched Striking Distance first because, like, you know, I watched Sudden Death first and was just like, they are different beats. You know, yeah, to Rob's totally. point. Striking distance is more noir, like more of a mystery. I need to stop here. I'm going to ask this question because when uh-huh. when people say the term film noir, what what it do they means, mean? It means dark film. It's like literally, it's a French term. It means dark film. So like in the 1930s and 40s, they made these uh, black and white films. They were mostly always like horror film or gangster films, and like there was a lot of till. It's like basically where I get all my influence for a lot of so it's like the physical lighting is low when they're saying like it's it, it's it's dramatic lighting so it creates like these long like uh, shapes or whatever in the background it's it's also about um, like there's always heavy drama in it there's always people getting murdered um, it's usually about a mystery um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's where okay, I get yeah. a lot of influence mm-hmm. on that, doing that, my that is very helpful on, because I've, I've heard that term and that's one of those things that like I'm always ashamed to ask. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, I think even you yeah. said it last week, Tom. I know you've used it on here before, and I just do an amazing job of pretending to know what it means. Uh, yeah, but, that was that, that was a great uh, that was a great sort of summation of noir right there, Rob. Yeah, well, I mean, I could well, go I could go way deeper, but that's the gist of it. So that actually makes total sense because, like, one of my comments on it is that it looks like it's made 15 years before striking distance and it's made two years after. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it it looked like, and and I'm sure part of that is because it's all, like, in the civic arena and shit. And so, uh, uh, Tom, what what were you saying about this? Sorry, I cut you off there. 
I don't want to go my take yet. No. So, uh, you know, in, uh, in hindsight, I'd recommend watching striking distance first. And I was saying, you know, it takes itself a little more seriously. It's more of a noir a mystery. The actors were kind of going for it there. Whereas then you like, I watched Sudden Death, and it's just like it knows exactly what it is. It's the it's worst the movie ever Claude made. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna have to stop you right there, Chief. So it's uh, it, it's it's a classic JCVD. Like it knows exactly what it is. It's a yeah. fucking action flick where this dude, you know, the ex firefighter, takes his kids to. A hockey game, which we'll get into further. It's game seven of uh, the Stanley Cup, right? Yep, yep. yep. And uh, and you know, it, it's diehard in a. It's it, it's all this is diehard. It in seriously a is. Game. It is. It's die. It's and, because it's he's, um, you know, he's kind of like an average guy who's at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it's just like diehard. I was thinking the same place. thing. Wrong place, right time. Wrong place. You're right trying to time, say dude. that Jean Claude Van Damme in Sudden Death is an ordinary guy whose kid gets kidnapped at Game Seven of a Stanley Cup Final and then spends the next ninety minutes running around disarming bombs. That's your normal experience at a Penguin game. No, I. I that's not exactly. That's not what I said at all. I said <laughs> an ordinary guy like who's just. Um, well, maybe he's a little. More yeah, I think he's a little ordinary. more than ordinary. He's, he's cool, dude. Was a firefighter. It wasn't based off a true story. Did <laughs> I read that wrong? <laughs> and dude, this is what I was saying. Like, I I thought this was terrible. I, I had seen Sudden Death. <laughs> I did. I thought this was terrible. Hey, man, I did. <laughs> I had seen Sudden Death before one time, and going into this, I was like, ah, like I'm gonna give it another shot, dude. This is what I'm talking I about. Know, I have like, I have my criticisms too. It honestly. can't keep my attention at all, dude. Yeah. Like I can only watch Jean Claude Van Damme like kick a dude like so many times. You know what I mean? It's like it just doesn't keep my attention. This and, like, one, this I, one is one where I'm like catching myself more pay, like I'm paying attention more to like the background and the scenery and shit because right. they do have mm -hmm. some Dude, sick ass shots and that like, was very cool of like Civic Arena like the fact that that movie is shot like all in Civic Arena yeah. and just and like how shitty Civic on Arena it at the top and like <laughs> dude, jumping that, off the dudes that's where you start awesome, to lose dude. me man like it's like that that's that is not something that holds my attention it's just what it's not dude He's it's on the top of the igloo like, dude, like yeah dude it's like dude. so fucking oh, especially now man and i fully admit that like i am a product of not having seen it like sooner because now you see shit like fucking avatar and and like you're just conditioned to like there's no way you're ever gonna enjoy that if that's not something you grew up on like that's that like my dad who is like uh, who i watched all my movies with like we were like Godfather, Rat Race, like old school. Like my dad is not into the diehards and like the action movie. Like that's just not, he's always been like more of like a story driven person, like or film, mm -hmm. movie, whatever okay. you want to call it. So yeah. like that's where I've always found my things. But like I really tried to even go in and just like, like I have so many questions. First of all, does Jean Claude Van Damme try and do that accent in every movie? Is that his accent? That's a good was, question. I was, or was watching he trying other... to be French Canadian? I think he is trying to be like he can only do so much. Obviously, Bro, he's the worst actor of all time. He's that, not that, even. Oh he's really not God. even an actor. It's like he is. It's like dude. trying to say. Dude. It's like trying to say Bruce Lee is a horrible actor. Well, but that, yeah, but, but that's he's... the thing. Is like, and I will fully admit, I haven't seen a lot of Bruce Lee movies, if any. Now that I'm thinking you're about you're it, you're tripping. I know, man. but like, is he like trying to act in those, or are those more like? It's the '80s, man. Like, Fu? he's 
fucking only paid there to fucking look all jacked and beat people up and blow shit up. He's not there to act, dude. They're not paying him to act. Okay. They're and paying him that. to stunt, dude. Yeah, I get that. I, but that's my thing. Like, he's not but even doing shit I know that's what you cool mean. like Jackie Chan, man. Like, well, here's just, another like, thing. Here, here. Now, we're, now that we're on the criticisms, I got some of my own, dude. Okay. Um, the very, very, very end, after all this shit happens, after game seven, after he's fighting this dude on the top of the, the dome. Yeah. <laughs> All they do to end it, he just like he gets, he's on the building. He's to on, get a, on top of the dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude. And there's no ending. He just gets in a stretcher and goes in the ambulance. He's done, dude. Yeah. And his yeah, my, yeah my his kid's all psyched. Fireman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No That's it. That's it. And then the credits. Bam. End of movie. Dude, it's like, I, oh my oh god. My god. Dude. So funny. Oh. You guys could have literally kill, made bro. like just 20 more seconds, dude, and it would have made uh, a better. Event. That helicopter also took 17 minutes to get from the top of the. Yeah, to the ice, like, it was bad. <laughs> and then it like was the explosion, going, like, <laughs> the explosion looked perfect. like if you shot a garbage can with a shotgun that was like full of oil. It was like the tiniest little explosion for this huge fucking helicopter. Like. I mean, also how it fell, it just kept going. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was just down, like, dude, dude, they have the like, one shot where the, insane, <laughs> the fucking dude. the helicopter's falling down you know and it's just the little do? girl's face, like it was like it was right by her face. She's dude. just like smiling. Oh my god! Instagram will probably like uh, cut the sound off if we post that, but we got to post just that little clip of that helicopter just literally going down straight down a 90 degree angle it's just like it would never happen dude it's no ridiculous. it would never happen <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't even think about that part like the physics of it like, yeah no 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 yeah that's what i'm getting at. and there's like yeah. 40 this different is, shots of it dude they're getting all around they're, oh my god they got all the angles it's crazy yeah dude um yeah i got a striking distance fucking way better way dude. better way, way better, better. Tom, we've been. Uh, we I knew that that was going to happen when I came in here. Kind of hot on that. What what where were you taking away from I'm, sudden death? I mean, I'm I'm a little disappointed. We're not like. How are we kicking this off? Nitpicking a movie called Sudden Death with the tagline oh. "Terror goes into overtime." <laughs> I'm not. I didn't buy this DVD to see like, you know, a character driven drama like i knew i was gonna see a terrorist attack in yeah. an old like pittsburgh hockey arena and what i didn't know i was gonna see was jean-claude van damme fight a fucking mascot and then end up sh shoving it through the dishwashing machine like what why are we sitting here nitpicking at this why are we you want a nitpick i'll give you a motherfucking nitpick they have Iceberg in that movie. He's dressed as Iceberg. He's wearing the Iceberg jersey. She, they call Iceberg in the movie Mr. Icy. Yeah. Did you notice that? I know, yeah, I did. What the it's fuck is that? That's probably a rights thing. So how did they have the jersey? But but that can't be true because they had full rights for the penguin shit, dude. They had to have. Yeah. With all the other mm. shit they had. They had the logo in there. They had the Jumbotron. They're in the real thing. The guy, the mascot is wearing a jersey that says Iceberg on the back in the movie. It's fucking mind-blowing, guys. Yeah, I don't know. Something got fucked up, dude. And they say it multiple times. That's like, like the dead girl winking in fucking striking distance. Yeah, I'm getting funny. jacked up because I'm starting to curse. Yeah, all we got to get back at the at the good parts about sudden death. <laughs> yeah, come um, on, let's the, yeah, I'm sorry, scene, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, scene, the kitchen fighting I mean, scene I is wish I had unbelievable. I could I could nitpick both of these movies all night. You told me to come in here and give my reaction to it. You didn't come in here. You didn't tell me to come in here and fucking sugarcoat it. That's fair, but don't you know? Don't throw out things like. 
you know, don't try to say Avatar is a great film either. Like, you're, you're criticizing Jean-Claude Van Damme's you're, acting. You're missing... 80% my, of that movie is fucking computer-generated. You're missing my point about Avatar. My, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that, like, that's my own fault, that, like, I... I don't like these 80s action movies like Die Hard. And so, like, when I started seeing, movie, like, I don't know. I guess you can't even compare Avatar, but, like, because it's not the same thing. Yeah, that was maybe a bad thing. Fuck off, Shelf. I think, the, uh, <laughs> dude, the bad guy in this one is probably one of the best bad guys I've ever seen in any 80s action movie. You're joking. No, I'm not. Yeah. Dude, he's the worst he's, actor I've uh, ever seen. What? Powers dude, Booth? Dude. The guy's named Powers Booth, first of all, which, oh, dude, we totally skipped people's real uh, striking distance things, but we'll go back and do that. His real name, dude, that guy was, again, I, I feel bad because I'm trying to, like, compare this to, like, number one, best actor, Oscar award. Yeah, but, no, like, speak, speak your mind. Yeah, Clearly, no, 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 and, and I will about. speak my mind, thank you very much, but, like, <laughs> yeah, like, he was... He was an atrocious bad guy. Oh man, I'm I beg to differ, dude. Again, I, I I disagree. Okay, that's fine. That's uh, what yeah, we're here I for, boys. Too. That's that's a better show if you guys. He's disagree. so relaxed and so fucking evil, dude. And he's just like, dude, you just don't see that shit in a lot of '80s action movies. I have to give him. He a lot had, of them are cheesy, and he doesn't come off as cheesy, dude. He had my favorite line in the movie when he's talking about who they're going to decide to kill after the first period, and he goes, "I think we can all agree that the mayor's wife has been annoying. They're the most annoying." <laughs> I laughed at that and again I guess I do feel bad and I'm not gonna like admit defeat or anything but like I I definitely didn't let myself enjoy it like you know I was trying to be like would I enjoy this movie more so than coming from it to like come in here with a specific mindset of like almost enjoying the the, the corniness if you will yeah so yeah, I will fully admit that it's because you were cramming the night before an F man I now you're now you're questioning the antagonist motivations. Like I thought he had a solid opening monologue. He fucking worked Secret Service. Like, yeah. are you kidding Dude. me? Yeah. And I, and, and the in the and I thought it was a little bit of a twist when the head of like the main detective or whatever turned out to be dirty. Oh yeah, that was, I, well, that was a great oh. twist. I will Dude, give you that. You that know was a little, great twist. You want to you yep. know a little fucking uh, mess up that they did? So when they first met, this epic meetup spot at the in the rafters dude you can totally mm -hmm. tell that like nothing is going on down <laughs> it's like like the, the stadium looks shit. empty yeah. dude yeah. And, like there's no one on the fucking rink even playing or skating well i will say too as much as i am like bashing like the again and we're talking about this from two lenses you psychopath so from like the uh -huh. movie lens uh i'm bashing it it is a sick integration of Pittsburgh, maybe not so much like visually, like striking distance, but like all the old pens that are in there is awesome. I love that they have yeah. Mike Lang in there and just like let him be Mike Lang. Even like in the beginning when uh, uh, JVD goes to like pick his kids up and the kids playing hockey with the stepdad or whatever and he, he the stepdad's like scratch my back with a hacksaw. Yeah. Like oh, that's, dude, that's yeah. awesome, dude. Like, kept all that. I did really like, like, like the actual Luke Robitaille. I thought it was hilarious that they had Jay Caulfield in there, but they like made him the goalie like he's on the pens broadcast all the time like oh, he was really? a, he was a defenseman but they made him the goalie that Tolliver like whatever shout huh. out my homie Tolliver actually I have a homie named Tolliver Damn. I just realized that but uh yeah, I did love that part and like Mike Lang and uh Staggy like they let them do their thing and yeah. like how like again they had to get the rights from the pens because it was so much and I and again the, the more you talk about it, I have one note that just says death by dishwasher like it was just, so just yeah it's so good Dude, that it's, shit was badass yeah. the dishwasher death and then 
the dude he fought, the fake security guard, and then like held him down on the griddle. That guy was really, <laughs> the dude was really resisting the griddle. Like, I don't know how he held on for that long. Oh, and man. then, uh, <laughs> dude, that mascot fight was electric. Legendary. That chick was electric. a badass, man. Yeah, she was she holding was. her own against JVD there. Yeah, no, and then uh, as long as we're talking about the villains, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll nitpick, but still appreciate the art. Is that th- there's a dude on the roof of the first was it first Civic Center who just has a fucking RPG <laughs> and it's just like ripping it and like law enforcement's like I don't know what we can do. It's like, <laughs> did you try to do anything? Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe oh, anything, guys. Try anything. Like I have a phenomenal. Uh, thing to mention here i'll be the judge of that but go ahead (laughs) but it's just it i couldn't help this is basically an observation it's not anything more than that i couldn't help to think though the whole entire fucking time of this movie like the the pittsburgh police force is completely swarming this building like the whole fucking city knows that there's a terrorist attack going on during the Stanley Cup, and the only people who do not know what's going on are the fucking people inside. <laughs> yes, dude. Like, how did no and one like, at the game if, like, get there's wind no of way what was going on? You could on. get away with that these yeah. days because everyone has a fucking. Cell It'd be tweeting all over the dude. place. That's a great it's, point. That's I, a great. I, point. I couldn't help to uh, not notice all that. <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. And what I love, and uh, Tom, this might not hit as well for you, but dude, the fact that they put Jeff Jimerson in that fucking movie. With his like early '90s mullet, the national anthem singer. Oh, dude, he yo, is the greatest. Dude. I had a thing when we were kids in the I early 2000s when the pens were rolling. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to a bunch of those playoff games with the same group of homies. And bro, every time we were there, he, there was one pause in the national anthem where I would just scream at the top of my lungs, "I love you, Jeff Jimerson!" Oh, like, dude, like God. he is like he is one of my favorite Pittsburgh personalities of all time. Been singing the anthem for so long now just like his hair in that movie is oh my god there's a lot of good mullets so pittsburgh it hurts it was awesome man it was awesome again i i uh yeah i don't think i'd rewatch it but uh maybe i'm being a little harsh on it here in hindsight so i apologize tom if i offended you and your and your no uh, no, you haven't offended (laughs) me at all just i I mean i feel like i've been bamboozled i didn't realize i was stepping into a bear trap i had some Serious notes about the filmmaking here. I want to hear them. No, I'm, I'm just fucking around. I'm just messing around, dude. No, I'll, all right. So let me let me cut through a few more notes. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, John Claude Van Damme's accent, one of my notes was I wish he had a Yinzer accent. Oh, and, that, and that he was a if he tried a Yinzer accent, only, that would have been fucking hilarious. A thousand percent. That's what I would have yeah. loved to see. Then you would have got me back on track, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you um, might start seeing a lot more of that um, as maybe time progresses and more movies that are getting filmed around here and stuff. Maybe we could talk about that when we talk about the mm-hmm. prospects. Yeah, yeah. I want to let Tom finish yeah. on no, I'm sorry. Death sorry, Tom. Any other ones? Well, no, so are we? Uh, so now we're talking about the Pittsburgh aspect. I think of the first movie? of all, because I'm doing a terrible hosting job, I forgot to do the anybody feedback for striking distance. So I think we should go over anybody's mm-hmm. oh, feedback yeah, for that. striking distance and sudden death. Maybe that'll jog okay. some points we missed. Those, it's just real quick, and then uh, we'll go into these other other Pittsburgh films. Okay. Yeah. So when we got to, uh, excuse me, when we got to striking distance, Steel Gray jumped on here and said. 
who doesn't love the young Bruce Willis and the pre-sex in the city, SJP, like we said? Wasn't Dennis Farina in this too in his repeated role of sleazy cop? No Oscar winner, but a fun action film. Totally agree with Miss Steel Gray there. Again, a, a Dennis Farina <laughs> shout out, which yeah. I love. Yeah, and she then, nailed it. And then Bleep Anima actually jumped in here too. And her comment was, Dennis Farina is, was a national treasure. <laughs> so like the whole household is into Farina, which I love. That was, I was thinking too, do we know if uh, my man Dennis Farina is still alive? I hope so. Uh, I don't know, man. He smoked up. a lot Pull. of cigs, dude. Pull that up. Pull that up, <laughs> skater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then sudden death, we had uh, Bleepanema said Powers Booth is, was a national treasure. So kind of on the same. Yeah. She seems to love your uh, bad guy there, skater. And yeah, then Steel Gray again. Crazy action almost to the point of a cartoon. Awesome hockey game action with recognizable penguins. I got to say something before I forget. Uh, dude, when I watch all these movies, that's almost like what I'm thinking about is like these these are cartoons or comics or something like that. And that and actually that helps me like get through a lot. And when I, when Steel mm-hmm. Gray wrote this in and I read that, that actually hit me like a ton of bricks. That's yeah. like, I took it too serious, dude. I took it yeah. way too serious. You're you know what I mean? Like, I took it way too serious, but like, I don't know, which is like surprising because like, I I went into striking distance with the same mindset and I loved it. But I guess that speaks more to the fact that like sudden death, JVD, Steven Seagal, Schwarzenegger movies. Those are a thousand percent not my bag. Like, just don't hold my interest. But something yeah. like a like a Die Hard or like a Striking Distance, maybe just Bruce Willis movies are, mm. are, are more likely to hold my attention. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like again. That's why I said. I think I said. I forget who I said it to. Maybe it was even Yoke when we were coming up here in the elevator. But like, I can only watch. I can only watch JVD kick so many dudes. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I don't I know. That's yeah. Just, that, that's just yeah. No, it's fair. It's, yeah. it's fair. It's a, it's a reasonable take. It's um, an acquired taste, dude. You, well put. Well put. I've got just a few Pittsburgh notes on sudden death here. Um, yeah. So, like, JVD's son, what is he, like, 10 years old? And his dad comes and is just like, Hey, I'm working security tonight. Got two tickets to Game Seven of the NHL. Like, you would be shitting your pants. Yeah. Yes. And he's just like, whatever. Yeah. Like he's trying to, oh he's trying to be like the too cool. Like he's just so bummed his dad's like, not a firefighter anymore. The yeah. little shit. But yeah, the kid was so lethargic, and all he can focus on is that his dad isn't a fucking firefighter. Like, like I agree, man. I agree. It's like your dad just scooped you up with some surprise tickets for your birthday. Wasn't it his birthday too? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something so, like that. Bullshit. And then, yeah, you're. All right. So here's where I'll jump on. Uh, here's where I'll hop over to Neighbor Nick's barbecue. Come his on over, grilling, His grilling of this movie <laughs> is uh, like, dude, you're telling me the Pittsburgh crowd is accepting the starting goalie getting sick in peer in the third period of a game seven of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the very, very it. good. I'll uh, tell you who would not have stood for that. Cheeks clapping in. My boy Cheeks <laughs> clapping in would have been revolting on know. the bench. So, Cheeks, again, I got your back for now, but if you don't start responding to some of these videos, the stand one was amazing that I posted on Wednesday, okay? So if you don't like that, I don't know what else to do. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but I agree. that that like the, 
And that, what type of coach is that, dude? The coach um, is like, all right, you're sick. Yeah, yeah, I wish they could have got like a real coach or something, not just some cheesy. But actor. like, what's hilarious but, is like mm-hmm. he calls Kenny Reggett, who was like the real backup then. Like, oh, you know, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like, like that was funny. Is like they made everybody, and I, I didn't look enough if Jay Caulfield, who played the goalie, because like, like I said, he was a real hockey player, the only one like who didn't play himself. But like, Robitaille played himself. Was that Ulf Samuelson? Was that actually him? They have one quick shot in the locker room of him in his stall. Uh, I couldn't I tell because like, I'm not good with the early 90s pens. Why didn't they have Yager in it? Could they just not pay him? They said something? his name a bunch of times, but really? his face wasn't in it. Yeah, like if huh. you listen to like the play-by-play, they're like, Yager brings it down and like blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. That's so, cool. But, uh, no, I totally agree with you, Tom. We would not stand for that here in Pittsburgh, just letting yeah. the goalie yeah, quit on the team in the garbage. third period. Yeah, so I've got – one more note and then a segue into the next portion of this. Um, great opportunities for the Wilhelm screen to be used. Didn't see that. Not once. It's a little disappointing. And then uh, it's, it was, it is a risky venture to go to a sports game in fictional Pittsburgh or filmed in Pittsburgh rather between, I think, and this is probably approaching the fifth year at this point. Uh, there's some sort, isn't there some sort of like breakaway scenario where like someone like has to, oh, 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 right, right. So the dude, the whole premise was that the antagonist, uh, the great actor, Powers Booth, the, the all powerful Powers Booth. Fuck so me. what was it like? I forget what his circumstances were for like killing people, but like they sent it into overtime. Otherwise, this dude was going to like blow up the fucking arena. Well, it was like they didn't wire the money enough money in between the periods. He was going to start killing and then blowing everybody up at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was it, which was reminiscent of another film. Filmed in Pittsburgh, The Dark Knight Rises. So remind me of the, ah. the, that like breakaway to send into overtime. Remind me of the Heinz Ward touchdown return, and then he turns around and the whole fucking field in Dark Knight Rises. Very, very had imploded. Dude, Amazing. well, you Dude. sent Amazing. that text, and uh, like before we started watching these movies, and I fully expected <laughs> at the end when the helicopter crashes that the whole stadium blew up. Like, I yeah. thought that was going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, no, I agree with you. It definitely was another. I wonder now, thinking back, if, like, Dark Knight, if that's, like, paying homage to sudden death. <laughs> I, what was, did I say last week? It, it was a uh, Dark Knight Rises is actually a spiritual sequel. Yeah. To <laughs> Dude, that's genius, man. That's oh, awesome. that is genius. But, no, I will give you I'll give you a golf clap. Nice segue. Yeah. I'll give you a nice golf clap segue there, Shelf. You're still up. Thanks, we'll keep pal. you part-time in the segues. But, no, I think mm-hmm. we should wrap it up here with some of these other movies like I don't know whether they exemplify Pittsburgh great whether they're funny from a Pittsburgh lens or just maybe movies filmed in and around Pittsburgh that people might not have seen that that or might not know are filmed in Pittsburgh too that's kind of where I went from it so uh, I don't know who wants to start I can start I'll start because I'm probably just going to forget about them all after perfect go Um, ahead King Mm -hmm. so I got ones that are a little uh, off the beating path here I'm thinking horror movies from, like, the uh, Night of the Living Dead was filmed in, like, Evan City, which is just north of the city. Yep. Um, in a graveyard, and that was filmed in, like, the late 60s or something. Classic And then Pittsburgh also, uh, fuck, I'm blanking on the title, but another zombie movie was filmed in Monroeville Mall. Uh, I think it was Dawn of the Dead, maybe? Dawn, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. So those were my two honorable mentions, even though, you know, there's not 
awesome Pittsburgh shots throughout the whole movie, but they're fucking filmed in Pittsburgh. So respect. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. All right, Tom. What do you got? Or you want me to go? I got a bunch here. Like a uh, billion. Then, then I'll just I'll I'll jump in, and I know yep. this is probably going to um, going to draw a little hate from anybody nation, but oh, one what? note. If, what, <laughs> one are you note about, what are you about to do here, you you flyer scum? <laughs> no, honestly, there's nothing like looking through. I'm not like crazy crazy about any movies from Pittsburgh that were either filmed or like take place in Pittsburgh. Okay, like, so let's. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off there, but... No, well, just, I mean, to sort of, you know... Um, so, what I would say to that is, like, it's fair because I'm not that crazy about many Philly movies as well. Okay. Like, both... Both cities deserve some better better movies to be shot there, I think. I have... Like, I have so, I guess... I want to give you the list of all these movies and see if you've seen them. And mm -hmm. there's like one, like this first one. So the first one that sticks out to me, Out of the Furnace. Have you seen that movie? No, that's with Christian Bale and Casey Affleck. Dude, that movie's spectacular. Like, it really mm -hmm. good. Filmed in Braddock. Does a really good job of like uh, kind of showing Braddock, which is like this. Dude, that, that was like one of the first movies that they just started filming in Pittsburgh like next generation after exactly the 90s and it's and cool shit. because it's not film like Braddock is like not in downtown Pittsburgh you know what I mean yeah. like it's a little bit yeah. of a drive to get to Braddock so it's a cool little yeah. kind of like shout out to the Mon Valley like I, I shelf that's your homework this week you got to watch out of the furnace and send me a counterpunch voicemail on it known to shelf style mm, okay. I'm telling you I think you'll like it <laughs> also so let's go with this what about uh have you ever seen as long as as long as it doesn't take place on Pandora <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Warrior? Did you ever see Warrior with Tom Hardy? I have seen Warrior. Dude, yeah, Warrior's, Warrior's pretty good. Warrior's really Warrior's good. good. Yeah, so that was an, yeah, another. Uh, how about the next three days with Russell Crowe? Ah, uh, yeah. It was kind of no. beat, though. Dude, that movie, but Pittsburgh looks sick in that movie. Like It does, yeah. yeah they're in ACJ a bunch. Uh, like, Jack Reacher. Through. Jack Reacher filmed in Pittsburgh. Awesome opening scene where the sniper is across the, the river or in PNC Park in that parking garage. Damn, I Crushing people. I That's a great one. I'm, yeah. uh... Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a little touchy on Tom Cruise. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Not a Scientology guy, or no? No, just uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's beat. That's, that that would be a whole different segment. Okay. Really. Um, and then I just uh, list a couple other ones. Like these are more like funny ones. Uh, Zach and Miri make a porno, which yeah. is a great mm -hmm. movie to just like fall asleep to. One of my favorites yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. She's out of my That's league. Yeah. Which I think is a couple hilarious. of my homies were extras in that. Really? Yeah. I forget the main guy, but like TJ Miller's in that. Another game where they go to the Pens game. That chick's super hot. Slapshot Regatta. One yeah, of the they funny, were there. Yeah. One yeah. of the funniest shit. Also, by the like, way, Cody Jones, yeah, our, our guest who won the dating show, he was an extra in Sudden Death. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. His him and his family. He said. That's yeah. Sad. Shout out Cody Cody Jones, dating yeah. game winner. But like, <laughs> uh, have you seen the did, Tom? Have you seen any of those movies? Uh, no, I know I've, I've seen Zach and Mary. I saw a couple other ones. Um, what was it? Oh, the lead actor. And she's out of my league. His name is Jay something. Jay, Jay Pierce Seth Rogen's yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm not. Yeah. He's Seth Rogen's boy. He's like, 
He's in the right crew. Something about him I'm not crazy about. He's got to be a very specific role I, that, like, you're not supposed to like. I don't know about you, but, like, I don't in like th- this. I, I don't like him as, like, the lead. Like, him as, like, the, mm-hmm. as, like exactly. part of the crew exactly. and, like, knocked up is perfect. Like, you know, like, yeah, he's great and knocked yeah. up. This is the end. He plays his role well. I, I agree. Yeah. When he, yes, I agree mm-hmm. with that. I love This is the End, man. That's a movie that I'll watch all oh, the time. It's hilarious. hilarious. Fucking hilarious. All right, and then the last yeah, two yeah. I got here is did you ever see Adventureland? With I did, yeah, yeah that's filmed solid. at Kennywood, yeah, filmed at Kennywood, which is awesome. Uh, local mm-hmm. amusement park, and then we mentioned Inspector Gadget last week, and then the last one, which I haven't seen, which is an older one, which I need to watch. I always is The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, which is like about mm-hmm. the ABA basketball team, yeah. kind of sort of that used to be here. Uh, Dr. That. J's in that movie, like you know right. what I mean, like oh, yeah, that's so we, I, that's another one I want to watch, but yeah, that's my list of movies that I enjoy that are filmed in Pittsburgh, so. Nice. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that one popping up in my research for sure. The fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't realize Doctor J was in there. I, I met Doctor J actually. Here's a, a quick little side. Please. I, I worked at uh, Sixers basketball camp for one summer as like during operations. It was kind of like an internship, and then one uh, one of the weeks. So I had to be there for like five weeks, and one of the weeks. Um, they were a little short staffed for coaches, and since I played college basketball, they had me jump in. And like, not a big so deal. So I had Damn. on my, uh, but no, I mean it's not like I, <laughs> I, I coached. I, I coached a team of like eight to ten year olds. It wasn't like Sixers, it's not like Sixers training camp. It's Sixers camp. And uh, so I, the team I had had Dr. J's grandson was on the team. Sick. Uh, he was like, you know, nine years old, also had Dr. J's son, also nine years old. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Are you serious? I swear to God, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were on the squad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. That is crazy because, yeah, I yeah. guess I always think of, like, Wilt Chamberlain, or they always talk about Wilt Chamberlain as, like, the NBA coxman or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. But, like, I oh, guess fun, all yeah. those guys were probably just dude, having I'm a time. Oh, my God. Huh? Yeah. But you met him? Like, he was coming to these games and, like, watching, like, the he, – he, he stopped by and shook my hand one time. And, like, you know, I've got pretty big hands. Like, him shaking my hands like, came off, like, <laughs> like quarter down by, like, four hours. just like, geez. Holy right. shit. Oh, my God, dude. That is a great story. Oh, my yeah, God. That's, that's hilarious. Right. All right, let's yeah. let's get some of the input from the anybody's here on what their other Pittsburgh mm-hmm. movies were, and then uh, we'll wrap this up here. So, Steel Gray. Uh, first I have is 1999 film Wonder Boys, starring Michael Douglas as a CMU professor with writer's block, the wonderful Francis McDermott, my own Hollywood crush, Robert Downey Jr., and young Tibbet McGuire and Katie Holmes. Filmed in Pittsburgh East End, CMU, and Swickley. Great story, great acting, winner. Would be good even if it were filmed in Philly, but story set in Pittsburgh, so it's even better. A little shot at you there um Zing. But, <laughs> yeah, so i think i think that's supposed to be toby mcguire and this is uh <laughs> yeah not not tibbet mcguire that makes more sense so yeah it's right. a bet yeah, yeah. <laughs> no this is uh that's actually pretty serendipitous because my co-worker was raving about this movie recently i i've so also and, always heard amazing things about this movie and never saw it and uh was glad that she it's brought on it prime actually nick you would you would fuck with it because like it's it's got great shots of pittsburgh like i think a lot of it was carnegie mellon and that like surrounding area great cast 
uh honestly it was overhyped for me like I, really? I went in like yeah francis mcdormand smashes everything michael douglas crushed it um i for some Kirby, reason thought robin williams was in this movie i don't know why no yeah no nope. i didn't say him <laughs> I, didn't say him. <laughs> I missed him if he was yeah oh that's funny all right and then the second one she has here is a second little indie film made and set in pittsburgh called a wedding for bella alternate title the bread my sweet movie is centered around east end but shows strip district in downtown kind of a yinzer moonstruck scott Bayo is surprisingly good and the movie is sweet and sentimental someone who is called nona has to love this so i don't know oh. hey, nona. hey. Uh, and then bleep right in step with uh uh, Steel Gray saying, Wonder Boys, my all-time favorite. I've always loved the phrase, fit as a fucking fiddle. So <laughs> that's a that's a hell of a tagline from that nice. movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, Douglas crushes it. He plays like an English professor who just like drinks and drugs pretty hardcore and like takes Toby Maguire under his wing. He's like, he crushes it. I just, I had some issues with like, the store uh, i had some issues it's uh, it's solid it's worth a watch yeah it sounds like it's really solid man you're giving it a ringing endorsement over here so <laughs> yeah i mean the characters weren't blue and computer generated that i saw the i saw the word avatar on twitter and mentioned it on here today <laughs> shelf i love you man you're always keeping me on my toes i appreciate you Very good point. Yeah. Um, so we've been having the mics rolling for like the we last have, five minutes yeah. or whatever. So I think. All- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could uh, feel free to cut all that out. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if anyone <laughs> feels that. We're going to have to because if not, then uh, we'll oh, course, kill yeah. all potential sponsorship that we no we don't want it. We'll keep yeah, it, yeah. it we keep it and i'll beep that out too so it'll even be funnier <laughs> yeah. uh, but no we are here. that is where i listen to the podcast no okay so this is my new uh go-to i'm all over it baby i'm here so for the trained ear at home we are joined by the wonderful jw yoke for is this your third time now this season this is my third time, yeah. yeah with so Og and then uh, with Mark with Pepe. Yep, and then Excuse so me. so Whoa. happy to have you, dude. You sat in for the uh, the Top Shelf Tom Pittsburgh movie segment. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah. You were just kind of in the background. I thought it was good. I've personally never seen either of those movies. Classic. So little question difficult. though: little Are you going to go watch them now? I think I have to. <laughs> If, if, but it sounded like quite the process to watch this. Like he's ordering DVDs. He's got a oh, DVD dude, well, player. Oh, dude, he's just a moron. I got him for I rented him for three ninety nine on Prime. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so we got options. We but got we options. do have a thing like where we're going to start. Like, uh, did you ever read Flat Stanley in school? Do you know what that book is? Oh like, man, so it sounds it's basically very familiar, this dude yeah. gets crushed by a chalkboard and ends up getting he can be mailed in the mail. So he goes and sees yeah. the world. It's a great project. Yeah, when you're okay. in second or third yeah. grade because you like send it to your grandma. She writes you a note, takes pictures, and you present it to the class or whatever. So we had this idea that Top Shelf is now doing that with these two DVDs and a DVD planner, player that we have to send him. Yeah, okay, so, I remember him saying We'll start this, sending yeah. those to anybody's, whoever wants it, they'll add a DVD. It'll be kind of like a mobile mini library type thing. It'll be funny. Yeah. So I was thinking though, we're going to get to a point where like our shipping charge is going to be like $250 because <laughs> it's going to yeah, be Yeah, the, so the budget of the show is going to yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll that's improvise. Why we, that's we'll why improvise. we got to protect yeah. future sponsorships, boys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, but no, uh, Yoke, one thing you did mention coming off that is that you were surprised of one movie that got yeah. left off the, like, and I guess I should have wrote in. I, I had a, I had one movie in mind that's a personal one for me. I know it's on Netflix. Was probably still is great coming of age tale. It's Perks of Being a Wallflower. Dude, that's on a lot of. The, I've never seen yeah. that. I've never seen that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit reminiscent of like a Dead Poet Society. It kind of has that same vibe. Paul Rudd is actually in it. He plays like the 
uh, mentoring teacher, English teacher, high school. Yeah, she's in it. And it's a really good movie. Talk about some great shots of Pittsburgh. There's a shot of them going through the tunnel, uh, listening to Heroes by David Bowie, coming through on the city. She's like standing up on a curb. Yeah. It's it's just like a good classic coming of age movie. And it's a good watch. I mean, like I said, there's a little bit of that Dead Poets Society. There's some other stuff to it that's a little, you know, heavier. But it's a good movie. Yeah, I enjoy it. And some Pittsburgh kids. I'm going to check that out. Um, But you are not here to talk Pittsburgh films, my man. You are here for something much more... I don't want to say serious, but I think it is serious. I think it is much more serious. (laughs) (laughs) We are here for life advice with Yoke. So you had this phenomenal idea when you were on a couple weeks ago. We were talking about this kind of after we recorded off mic about uh, we were asking people to write stories in. I was telling you how I thought that was getting a little stale and was looking to switch something up. And you were like, well, I have this idea for you, neighbor. And you just smacked me over the head with this. So tell the people a little Mm -hmm. bit maybe about why you wanted to do life advice or why you thought it'd be good for the show. I think it's just good that right now we got a little bit of a community going, you know, and I'm trying to be a part of that. I'm trying to get on here and be take an active role in the anybody's out here. We love you and appreciate you for that, my brother. I hope the feeling is mutual from everybody out there. So I just wanted to see if we could get some open conversation flowing. If anybody was looking for something and bounce a few ideas around. And and what I love about you, Yoke, is like the only times that you've been on so far to do the show is beat or beat those cheeks. And this is going to have a way different vibe to it. And that like, (laughs) no, in a great way, which like totally like makes your point that you were just talking about is like, that's what we love to do with anybody's segment, man. Like anybody who just wants to come on here and is like, yo, man, I think this would be cool. I want to be a part of it. Let's fucking do it. We're here to do it with you. Like yeah. a yeah. thousand yeah. percent. And yeah, and, and I appreciate everyone writing in. Yeah. And dude, and yeah. it's great because it's like kind of like, uh, I love that too. And especially like right off the heels of a couple weeks ago where we like switched it up with the Miss Beans app, like the yin and yang. I know you were saying that's something that you were listening to and like was thinking about when you were coming on for this. Yeah, you just had me, she definitely had me in my thoughts and thinking over some things and deja vu, I think, more so than the reverse deja vu that she maybe she was referring to, but I was more just wondering if you guys experience deja vu on a regular basis. I mean, do you ever have it? Do you remember yeah, the last time I've you experienced it. I wouldn't say it's a daily basis. No, I'd no, say, daily, no. I mean, just every I'd now say and it again. happens like every couple months Once or something. Once in a blue moon. Yeah, know? absolutely, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, way more so than I, I felt I related to, to the future stuff that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I had it as recently as two weeks ago. Yeah, so. I find when I have deja vu, it, typically for me, it's usually about something that is not important at all. Like exactly. it's, some, it's some like boring oh, ass, it's mundane, banal, sure. like yeah. mundane stuff. Like I might be driving my car thinking, and I can't even remember what I'm thinking about but all of a sudden you just feel this change and you're like, what is going on? And I tend to relate it back to a dream more so when I have it for me, not something maybe that I experienced. Mm. It feels like something I dreamt about that's happening. See, until you just said that, I never realized, but like, and maybe this is just recency bias from when I had it like two weeks ago, but I always feel like when I have deja vu, it's of moments that have existed in the same day. Like, so like a big one for me, like here is like, pulling out of the parking space here. So like if for whatever reason, like I'm pulling out of the parking space in the morning and there's like a garbage truck that goes by. And then if for what, like I have, I think this is what it was two weeks ago. And then I reversed back into my spot at the end of the day and another garbage truck went by. Like I I wasn't more, I, I don't off the top of my head, remember like year gaps or like a dream scenario where I've really had that. It's more like little mundane things or routines that happen to like, counter sync up oh again again even when it's a dream like it's some boring stuff right i used to find myself sitting in school i remember when i was a kid and like the teacher would say something and all of a sudden i'd be like whoa i just got some serious deja vu Mm -hmm. and it's just little stuff that 
is inconsequential in any way. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But all of a sudden you're tapped into this whole other mindset and this whole other frame of mind and consciousness about what's going on around you, like a snap of a finger. Right. And then it, it's yeah. gone. It's fleeting. It's so complex that I think most people's brains just instantly move on. Like a yeah, few they can't. Later, even, you know, imagine if you could permanently even, stay in the state of mind yeah, that you had be, deja vu. In. Oh, <laughs> you'd be buzzing. You'd be buzzing, dude. Yeah, you'd be buzzing for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, that's awesome, man. I, I like I said, I love that we do like that kind of like deeper conversation with Miss Beans, and I'm excited for us to like keep working on it to make it more conducive to listen to. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I just don't think like we said it a billion times. I don't want to harp on us or like, oh, what was us? We just gotta we gotta flesh those out a little. It's it's easier for us to do beat or beat those cheeks. We've been doing it for longer. We've only been doing like this deeper thinking or like this life advice, which I think is going to have a nice balance of, of serious and, and funny. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's just, we're going to keep hitting these layup lines, boy. You know what I mean? So sure. yoke, I know you have written down all the ones that we have. If not, I can pull them up here. Why don't you tell the people what the first, who the first life advice, uh, prompt is from and what we will be talking about here. Ooh, putting me on the spot. I don't got it right in front of me, but I remember the first one from Schmegma Sam. Schmegma Sam. Am I am I pronouncing that correctly? Is that how we're going with it? That Shmegma Sam. <laughs> so yeah. I, we appreciate Schmegma Sam writing in. That's gonna trip me up a little bit. <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's the last time you have to say. And it. The, the first one. I mean, I know you love this one. This was your personal. Probably favorite. the one I'm most passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And. Straight, simple, to the point, but so many layers to unpack on this one. Pause. We didn't tell people what we're calling the segment yet. Oh, we are referring to the segment as Dear Bozos. Dear Bozos. Which on the second question we'll get to was properly named by our friend of the show, Next Door Norm. You said he doesn't have him in front of you. This kid's going right off the (laughs) dome. I love it. Lemon pepper freestyle. We're watching Uh, it live in person right now. So, All right. So uh, what is the first ever, uh, I guess, submission that we have for Dear Bozos from Smegma Sam? The first submission is how to grocery shop. Oh, boy, is this important to me. And I think this is going to be funny because, like, uh, I have, I'm confident that at least one, per, like, Skater, you're going to have I'm a very, fucked, <laughs> I, I, I know you guys are going to eat me alive. Yeah. <laughs> Not eat you alive. You just like, you don't grocery shop. Like, yeah, you yeah, might, you yeah. might need to listen in and take, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, I, Skater might be Schmegma Sam. <laughs> That's so nah, true. <laughs> I, I promise I won't write in as any oh, aliases. Yo, I know, fucking love you, man. Okay. All right. But, so, yeah. yeah. How to grocery shop. So, I feel like there's a lot of ways to go with this. I would like to start by just saying, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but my number one thought on how to grocery shop, the number one rule, neighbors, number one rule to properly grocery shop is you have to consistently patron the same grocery store or two grocery stores. Like, you know what I mean? You can't, and when I say that, that doesn't mean you go to Giant Eagle and you go to any Giant Eagle. Like you have, you need to know the layout of your grocery store. It is the number one thing you need to know in order to just put, what? Most so you can just shop. be in and out exactly, dude. And there's no where's the soup aisle, where's the baked goods, where's yeah. like because that takes, especially now where they have like they want you to go like up and down the same the, the one direction in the aisles. If you're yeah. going in there and you don't know where you're going, you are going to be in there forever, dude. Yeah, you're shaking your head, yoke, like you agree with me. Oh, 100% agree. So. Before I'm even going to go into any of that, I'm going to take it all the way back here. And I just want to paint a picture of maybe Schmegma Sam and what's going on here. So you think about grocery shopping and we think about it as maybe the first foray into adulthood. 
you never really have to deal with grocery shopping when you're a kid. You know, the food yeah. is just there. You don't really have to think Such about it point. at all. So yeah. the first time you have to open an empty fridge and see that there's nothing in there and you're responsible for feeding yourself, you got to get your ass to the grocery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's you know? no, there's no so, baby so about it. So now it's on you. Yeah. And so I'm looking at Sam here. I'm looking at Schmegba and I'm thinking to myself <laughs> that this is a person in the process of transitioning into that responsibility or that or when the time came for them to do that, they chose the other option, which is eating out all the time. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. single meal yeah. you're just eating out. Right. You know, you're plotting your next meal by where am I getting food from? Grubhub yeah. bills and, up you know, the that, takes, that takes yeah, a toll gnarly. on the wallet and just the, the mentality. It takes a toll. Yeah, yeah, it takes yeah, a toll so. on your insides, dude. You're you're gonna <laughs> exactly. be, yeah, yeah. You can't eat out every yeah. fucking both mentally meal. and physically. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what I'm kind of thinking of here. I'm thinking we're dealing with a real novice. You know, we we open the fridge at this person's place and they got nothing in but there. But let's let's give them props. Like again, we've been talking about micro goals. Yeah, you, what, you're ready. What, to, you, you're thinking about grocery what shopping. Exactly. Like the first exactly. thing so you we're know. here to help them out with exactly. that. Exactly. So, so for we me, the two this behavior. the two critical things are you gotta make a list and you gotta know your store which is what you're talking so about we, we need a sound yeah. that just like when you just make phenomenal points because like you have to come on now every uh, time we do dear but, but yeah make the list the list is it's such so an crucial. underrated aspect of grocery shopping man and there's so yeah. much ego involved myself included of just like thinking you can remember everything like what a phenomenal point even before you get the layout is is list man list is so important yeah and you you wonder maybe you're looking at someone who's that novice and they go through those doors and they get hit with the bright lights and they just get overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. It you is get, overwhelming. You get a little overwhelmed. It's overwhelming. You're looking around and everyone seems to be pushing that cart with confidence and they know where they're going <laughs> and you're wondering to yourself, what is going on? What am I missing? What did I miss? People are picking produce left and right like experts. Yeah. They're gliding through They're thinking aisles. about they what they're exactly making dinner for they tonight. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're walking in the store and you're just wandering around like a lost child. So yeah. I need to ask you this, Yoke. When you're writing your list as an experience, and I'm going to, dare I say, successful grocery shopper at this point, uh, are you making your list in terms of in things you realize you need or is like one way to write a list or I feel like a second way to write a list is like in the order of like aisles that you're going to hit, like, you know what I mean? In order for the most efficient route to the Damn. register. Like if you realize that you run out of bread before you realize you run out of lettuce, but lettuce is first in the store, you're going to put that in this. Or is there a third option that you like, you organize a different way? Maybe like Skater well, said, based on meals you want to make or things like that. Yeah. So I'm pretty consistent with my purchases at this point. I've been at it that I actually don't always go in with a list. Um, but somebody but who's somebody who's just starting out, exactly. I'm telling you, you need to listen. You're like a the, waiter that doesn't need yeah. the pad anymore. So, so the first yeah. thing you need, <laughs> the first thing <laughs> you need right. before you get the list, though, is you got to choose your store. And there's a lot of options. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of options out there. We don't know what we're dealing with. You got your supermarkets, yep. Giant Eagle. Yep. Yeah. You got maybe a little bit of Aldi. A good friends at Aldi. I was yeah. hoping they'd get a shout out. You know, yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah. You got your other, you know, Trader Joe's. Full disclosure, I shop at Trader Joe's. Oh. Whole Foods. Love it. Uh, nice. And then maybe you're buying in bulk and you're hitting up a Costco I or love something. It. You know, yeah. all of them have different vibes Jeez. around the store. So true. You know, every store has a different shopping experience. So when you're starting out, I'd say, Maybe venture to a few different ones and see what you're like. Maybe Love you it. went to a Giant Eagle and you decided, 
I didn't like that at all. I you're, can't go back. But maybe you go to Trader Joe's or Walmart and you're all of a sudden you're flying. And I would you're even there. say even don't don't let a negative experience drive you to try new exactly. things. Even if you enjoy where you're at, like I was at Giant Eagle, like not that I'm I, I'd still go to Giant Eagle, but not as much because I am all the other like uh, again, yeah. they're down with the brand. You get and, you get a discount. But like you, you get a discount, man. They're, they're just just go out there, spread your wings. We're lucky in Pittsburgh to have a lot of options, just like you alluded to there, Mr. Yoke. And like I think that that's such a phenomenal point that like, yes, you need to get one nailed down as like your go-to one or two, yeah. but go out and experience like you're saying, go out, you can try all these different life experiences exactly. in the grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. And geography can dictate, you know, what you like better. Like if you live in Bloomfield, you better be fucking hitting up at those Italian grocery stores because they are so good. Dude. Yeah, a little oh. bit of farmers market action. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, okay, let's we're going we're going to the grocery. I think yeah. we're talking to supermarkets. So, so, let's not okay. get ahead of our let's not okay. get over our skis here. Okay. So now, if we know our store and we're getting ourselves in the store, we're starting to feel a little more comfortable. Now is where you need the list. Yep. Because if you yeah. come into the store without the list you might just end up leaving with a bunch of shit that you didn't even want. Yeah, yeah. You know, Especially if you're really stoned or something, pack, too. That's when you end up I, in the I frozen. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or if yeah. you're, or the number one mistake to avoid, never go to the grocery store hungry. Ever, ever. Vital, I learned that. I'm telling you, that's one of those things. I always say corny is corny for a reason because it's just around and it's right. Like, it's like, that is so true. You hear everybody say that and you just yeah. do not do it because you'll end up with you're just gonna yeah. end, you get to the checkout line or to your car and you're like how did I get here you like you like just blacked exactly. out and you end exactly. up with like like a strawberry flavored you, you end up with in, all from the frozen food aisle all like, impulse buys yes all impulse yes. buys and so none of it is healthy again that's why the list is critical because you got to hold yourself accountable to the list yeah. Let's go. And then you're Yo. gonna, you maybe you take a look around something catches you you throw it in the car but if you go in there without a list or you go in there hungry I'm telling you you'll get home dropping a hundred dollars look and go i have nothing to eat right because yeah. that that's what i don't want people to get messed up either is like grocery shopping like is gonna be like a hundred bucks a hundred dollar investment yeah. probably every this is another like 10 days seven days like yeah once a week every every other week is so this probably, is what i would also say i love your list i love your pick your spot i think it's also uh, important to utilize your freezer if you have one in the sense of this if you make one big trip and like stock up on a bunch of like protein that meats if that's what you're getting as your main source of protein and you stock your freezer and you really only have to then go and get like your produces or like your snacks or things like that that's going to not only save you time it's going to save you money and that's going to get back to the thing you're talking about yoke where it's like it's so easy to like buy groceries and like then you start running that's when you're going to start ordering shit again but like if you just have like a bunch of shit in the freezer that you can if you have a little diligence leave out in the day when you go to work or like whenever overnight then you can get ready to go and you can also which I think is a big thing utilize like a crock pot or a slow cooker which I think goes hand in hand with stocking up the freezer yeah. it makes it easy because now we're getting into yeah maybe here's like the cook- thing is you know cooking tips and yeah right you're right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah you're you right know, I so apologize yes thank you when God your grocery shopping that's neighbor likes this fucking subject go for the staples man stick to the staples you know find some easy stuff easy meals you know hey if that's a separate question they can write in on that yes i like it yes megma once they start grocery (laughs) shopping maybe they start cooking (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay i love it what do you have anything else on grocery shopping yeah so i would just say a few key reminders if you're lost in the store, especially in a supermarket, look up. They got the aisle signs. <laughs> great. Just keep that in the back great, of your mind. Great, great note for life. Just look up keep, a little keep more. Keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other thing I would say is a, a pro tip is check the unit price 
on an item. If you're picking between two different items and you don't know which one is cheaper, look at the smaller one and it has a per ounce pricing. And you'll find some stuff that you thought was cheap that not so cheap. I'm so learning, I'm learning that. that right yeah, now. Yeah, I just learned take that. Take a look at that. Wow. But hopefully yeah. we helped you out. Hopefully you can come through the doors, push that cart with some conviction, stick to the list. And I will say when you come to the final frontier, which is the checkout, I am not a pro at this. Because no matter how hard I try, I eye up everyone's cart. I'm taking stock of what oh, they got in there. I'm yeah. trying to pick the fastest lane. I'm spotting the checkout person. I'm yeah. wondering, are they bagging quick? So you know, many variables. Am I yeah. picking the right spot? And every time I somehow pick the slowest <laughs> possible. Yeah. I, that is something yeah. to know too. And I always thought that was specific to like our giant eagle down here on the south side or whatever. But like no matter how good you get at conquering the list and the layout and all that stuff, you always, no matter how experienced you get, no matter how many times you go to the same spot, you always have to be prepared for something to hold you up in the line. Like it is, it's, that's, that's going from good to great, right? Dude, like dude, I look at myself as a good grocery shopper. You want to be a great grocery shopper. Like you're alluding to, yo, here's, you need like that, you that line, improve. that I have line a is, is so, it's so hard to find I have that a perfect thought. line. Um, try to go to the grocery store during like some dead ass times, dude, like where no one's there. Like don't go on a Friday or Saturday night. Go on a fucking Sunday evening or something. Ooh. No one's there. Maybe even a Monday evening. Some non-peak uh, hours. Yeah, yeah dude. Because, like, tip. dude, a crowded grocery store, COVID or not, it fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. It's the worst. It's like mall traffic, oh, dude. That is the worst. It sucks. It, yeah. So, yeah, pick a good time to go to the grocery store is what would be my... I think that helps you feel a little more relaxed in there. You yeah. feel For like sure. You're on your own. That's all. You got to have a calm mindset in there. There's nothing so a lot about mentality. There's nothing, there's nothing calmer than an empty grocery store. <laughs> that is true. It is a very relaxing thing. I like yeah, that. So actually. take it slow. Make sure you get all your items. Don't get overwhelmed. Get in there and do some cooking. And right? if yeah, and if you do get overwhelmed, just email us here and we'll get you back on to guide you through it. All right. Yeah. So, Yoke, the next one we have is like you alluded to from the person who we are blessed to name this segment. Next door, Norman. Norman. I mean, Norman's on a heater of a season here. Not only this, the dating yeah, game idea what people killing. love, but shout out Norm. So. Next door, Norman wants to know, dear bozos, I am dating a liberated 23-year-old woman who has been on the pill for two years. She said it's getting expensive and is trying to cut costs in her life. She asked me to split the cost with her. What should I do? Mr. Yoke, I toss this to you. Yeah, so when you first sent me the list of questions, I actually sent you back and said I was a little dicey on addressing this one. Yep. Um, because part of me thought, who wants to sit around and listen to three men on a mic talk about birth control? <laughs> and, uh, very astute, very astute observation. But, but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I realized that that was actually partially what was at the heart of this question. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's what who, we, we, who are we to say why people want our opinions on things? Well, more so that as a man, it's out of sight, out of mind. You don't think about birth control. We put the responsibility Damn. and the onus on the woman for all of it. Unless you're using condoms as your primarily primary method of contraception. Go which, off, yeah. King. I like where this is yeah. headed. Okay. So, all right. so again, it's the responsibility is all on the woman. So we're talking about the pill here for next door norms lady. Yep. So she has to go to the pharmacist, pick up the pill. She has to take it at the same time every day, probably set an alarm. If yep. you don't take it at the same time every day, I don't know, all hell breaks all loose. All hell breaks loose in yeah. Pierce. So, yes. so for, for a guy though, it's out of sight, out of mind. Again, you don't think about it. You're not concerned with it. But in a relationship, sex is a shared experience. Oh 
and therefore pregnancy prevention should probably be a shared experience. You're, yeah. you're melting my heart here. It's like, yeah. Yeah, so, like so I think, I've never heard anyone talk poetically about birth control, but he's doing it. Like, yeah. so I, I, I almost I think, can't believe what I'm fucking hearing I think, and seeing, dude. I think being that he described his lady as liberated, yes. that she might agree with some of these thoughts that I'm putting out Amen. Here. That yeah. if the physical, emotional burden is all of it, why should the financial burden also be all wow. on the woman? Dude. Which, I, which, as an idea, I think is fantastic. But I would also like to get some polling because I don't know how many women would be forthright into asking their partner to do this. Yeah. So but we I, would need to send out like a poll on that. I, I don't know. Right. No, and I, I'm totally agreeing with you. I, I support the splitting of the, of the cost. Again, not only to what you alluded to because – all joking aside, we are for the ladies here at the Anybody's Can Do The Show. We're, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And like the relationship is shared. This is like you're saying, that's going in and showing that you care more than just more than just about an average relationship. Maybe this means something more to you next door, Norman. If you're even considering this, I think that that's a sign that maybe this isn't just an, any run-of-the-mill lady here. Also, you, you kind of touched on it, Yoke. At the very least, if you look at it from, a, from just a very like scientific level almost, it's a good investment, at the very least. You're 23. You said you've been dating for two years. Nowhere in here do you allude to being with your lady for the rest of yeah, your life, this, which is very normal position to be in at 23. This, and like, pregnancy prevention should be on the top of your list. So if you got to split that pill, which, and again, I can't think. And this is again showing ignorance. Like the pill can't be that cumbersome of a cost if split by two people. I would think that it's a lot oh, more yeah. manageable than like. Yeah. Like, well, it's got to be like a. Yeah, uh, there's some other factors at play when you talk about the cost. You know, health insurance and correct exactly, which like, is all. Whole Especially now, now yeah. which, like, again, you'll have to write in to get some <laughs> yeah, things yeah, on yeah. that. We, we, we don't got to go into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skater, what do you think here about um, splitting this? Cost? Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, he. you know, I think he wants to play this whole longevity uh, role, if you will. So I think this might help him uh, in the long run and scoring. Yeah, some I think at the, the very least, run. like you're saying, his lady will appreciate being willing yeah. to do this. Yeah, I, I don't see I, any cons to it. Yeah, I should and say. I, I think she asked him. So there is no reason not to. Exactly. Uh, again, because the financial burden, clearly, which it has become one, if she's trying to cut costs, you can just chip in and set up those monthly Venmo payments and get it rolling. Norm. Let's go. Yeah. So speaking of payments and kind of monetary issues, that's a perfect segue into the last submission that we have for the oh, first yeah. installment ever of Dear Bozos. So the last one we have is from a new anybody here in season three, Pasadena Slim. So Pasadena Slim writes in and wants to know, Dear Bozos, I haven't paid my college loans for five years. Should I continue to ignore them and bank on the government to forgive me? Or should I start trying to chop away at them? I need to put a disclaimer on this one before I answer or before I talk to you. I am in the minority here because I've, or not in the minority, but I'm different than Pasadena Slim because my parents loved me and they paid for me to go to college. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I fall into that I same rang of entitlement. Yeah, I heard it yeah. all over the mic, people. I hope, I hope, I hope that you just, Yeah, you yeah. just roasted yourself, man. I, I have that. Better. So boom, joke hits. But no, all joking aside, man, I've always said this when this conversation come up i was very lucky of between, course yeah yeah i was very lucky yeah. to not have any student debt which i came out of college not uh again a little bit of scholarship 99.9 percent .9 of it on my parents who i appreciate and love were always very adamant about me coming out of college without student debt so fortunately i am unable to really have too much advice on this and uh am all joking aside very appreciative that i can't really have too much to say on this 
Um, yeah, I fall into the same category. Uh, yeah, um, I was raised by a single parent, and my mom fucking worked their goddamn fucking ass off to pay for college for me and my brother. So it's a yeah. little salute to International Women's Day that was yesterday. Fucking so, shout out, mom and neighbor, mom yeah. skater. Excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. So, um, and I also have a friend that um, got caught up in this shit too, man, and didn't pay his. Uh, student loans or, or whatever right. for years and like dude he just never got a tax return like yeah. he had a job the whole time like you know yeah. he just never got and this is serendipitous government take it you need to be on like this idea this segment couldn't just be your idea you need to be on here because i'm, I'm thinking that hopefully you have some more uh, input that we're like i said fortunately not able to get well i do oh. I, I i find myself i find myself yes. as someone who has student loan debt um and first, before I start any of it, I just want to give a shout out to Slim for not paying it for five years. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, nice. five years is <laughs> a long ass time, man. Yeah, so, so, so we got to break this one all the way down for Slim. Uh, we got to go through all of it. So for me, it starts in saying, what is the ramification of not paying your student loans for five years? So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And then the second yeah. part of the question is obviously the policy side of it when we're talking about what's the possibility that all this is going to get wiped away. Um, so what happens when you don't pay your student loans for five years? That's the first question. Yeah. <laughs> love the, again, <laughs> lo- love the, love the commitment. Uh, so for reference, after 90 days of not paying your student loans, you're delinquent. So you pay, you don't pay your loans for 90 days. You're getting a report generated and it's going out to all major credit bureaus and your credit score is going to take a yeah, hit. Exactly. Big hit. And then after 270 days, so that's three of those missed 90 days, you're now in default. And now once you're in default, you're going to be brought over to third-party collection agencies, which are contracted out by the federal government to collect on student loan debt. Hound you for that money. Damn, yeah. yeah. Like, so, they'll literally fucking yeah, knock at your it's, door. It's legal harassment, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And. It's funny, though, because it's also almost luck of the draw, depending on the agency you get. They have different tactics, I'm sure, and Slim could probably go into how he's dealt with <laughs> like these calls. But yeah, he's, oh he's on speed dial at this point. It's, they it's have a basic every, every agency just has a, a fucking picture of Slim in, a, in their office when yeah. all the employees walk no, in. No, but, it, but in all seriousness, it's, it's become a thing because it's yet another burden of something you put on someone trying to make their way into adulthood is now you got these collection agencies hounding you and it just becomes a part of your reality. Yes. So I'm sure for Slim, yeah. after being a part of it for five years, he doesn't even really think about it anymore. It's just a part of his day to day. You know, he gets a letter in the mail, he gets a call that he hits the FU button on, they leave him a voicemail. It is what it is. Right. So you talked a little bit about your tax returns and really that's what happens here. You, you might hear a few horror stories about people saying, oh, the feds like came knocking and looking for their money. It's really not the case. What happens is you end up in this bizarre standoff with the federal government where you owe them X amount of dollars and they hold you financially hostage in any way possible because you owe them yeah. that much money. So you just end up in this weird standoff and they can seize your tax return and some other stuff, but really you're just kind of sitting there in this Mexican standoff with them and, your and it crushes yeah, your, your credit. credit is just so I, I would assume Slim's not looking to buy a house or a car or any exactly. of that anytime yeah. soon, but that's a whole separate issue right? because that's going to be hard with the student loan debt. And that's something that I am uh, uh, painfully aware of how ignorant I am, especially recently, is like uh, my lack of knowledge of credit or my lack of mm-hmm. existing of credit. You know what I mean? Like I don't even have 
have a credit card yet. I've never felt I was responsible to have one, which is sad to say at 30. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But uh, I, I do start to feel like I'm starting to turn that corner. And it's, it's like one of those things that I've always just been like scared of. You know what I mean? Like not scared of, but yeah, because like you, you do have the ability to buy some fucking really expensive right. right then and there. But I hope but, now I have a little bit of stuff. But like, yeah. yeah, that's going on a whole different thing. But you're right. Yeah. That was always my thought that I might not know much about this, but I know that it's got to just absolutely hammer your credit and any type of yes. aspirations you have with that. Yeah. So, so just a couple numbers I do want to throw out is the total amount of federal student loan debt is $1.56 trillion. Which is so oh fucked. In the country? Yeah, yeah. Oh so so $1.56 trillion God. is the total amount. Um, the other side of that is you hear about people owing like $500,000. And that happens, but those are pretty extenuating circumstances. And all I saw was that 6% of people only have over $100,000 in student debt. So most people are shooting in right at the average, which is around like 30, 35, 40K. That's where you're going to find yourself. Um, that's where I have to still a shitload of money, man. Like, exactly. You know, like, yeah. Especially when you're 21 and you really uh, essentially have yeah, no yeah. idea what the hell you're going to do. Yeah. So, so it ends up amounting to you graduate from school and you have like a federal subscription service on the monthly to be a part of the club, you know, and, and thanks Sally May. Yeah, yeah, for real. And, and it's, it's a whole mentality of why more people ended up going to colleges and going to universities. And, you know, we don't have to go too far into that, but the gist of it obviously is that we sold this idea of social mobility and of achievement and of success and earning potential through a college degree. Yeah, so the educational side of it was one thing. And there is some validity to that, of course. Um, but the other side of it is also the experience side of it. We sell both of them. And we sell the experience side of it as in, you're gonna become an adult, you're gonna go to college, you're gonna find your identity, you're gonna find your best friends for life, all of this. And it, puts a, it does put a little bit of a pressure on that college experience. Sure. So you're selling to 18 year olds this idea of you have to go to college. When in fact, it's probably not right for everyone that does go to college to go. I don't know if that was the case for Slim or not, but either way, you end up going to these schools with a mentality of not necessarily I'm here to get an education. They bring you in for the experience as well and your tuition dollars that keep rising actually go to funding the experience and then building new facilities, building new housing, building all this new stuff on campus to yep. attract more students in. And now it's changed because the price just continues to go up and up and up and reflect that. Right. And I feel like you do, especially now you get to a point where as you get older and like further away from college, you grow to resent that experience even more because like sometimes like because you're like, did I even really need to like be getting into this fucking crippling debt yeah. in the first place? Like, especially if your lens is from like, I went to study business and now I'm doing something that's a total 180 from there. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of it comes down to there's so many factors, but like how you're feeling too about your life after college, right? Like if you are saddled with this debt and like not really happy in what's happening in your life after college, that's got to make it even fucking harder. Yeah, that's and that's the, the whole point here is that basically what happened is you straddled a generation of young people with crippling debt the moment they became an adult. And, you know, it's not like, a, oh, poor me or any of that. But the system was established and structured that way that that's just how it played out. Right. And that's what yeah. happened. And we're seeing the knock on effects of that, which we can go into the policy part of it Look now. This guy so, we'll, so segue. the question is, should he continue to not pay his loans or should he hold out? For some relief. For some from relief. From Bernie Sanders. For a little bit of forgiveness. <laughs> 
And my mentality on that to answer that question straight up is it depends. <laughs> yeah. So, so really, clown. <laughs> really there, there's gotta be some more detail into his personal situation about how much he has. If he's yep. looking to make any purchases, he needs his credit. Slim impresses me a little bit as a revolutionary here. He impresses me as someone who's willing to burn down the institution and take his credit score down with him. Um, but right now, that's what I would say it would depend on. Because when I look at it from a policy standpoint, again, we just briefly glossed over Ugh. an incredibly complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing, you know? Arguably, dude, one that I think is maybe the number one like important uh, like issue to like our generation sure. outside of like the social injustice for sure. And trust me, like yeah. from a personal standpoint and a financial standpoint for myself, like it's a hard one to root against. Fuck if you're yeah. the yeah. fucking yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah. if yeah. you're the guy on the corner yelling about don't wipe away student loan debt, you're going to sound like an asshole. Right. Exactly. Time. For um, sure. But I think what I alluded to earlier in talking about some of the mentality around the collegiate experience and education and why it became so prevalent in our society and more and more people wanted to go is because I don't look at student loan forgiveness or student loan relief as a way to address the structural issues that are going on with the institution of like college because, and university. Or, yeah. in this because country. essentially they're still letting this uh, shit happen yeah. and they're just, they're just throwing a bandaid over it for right yeah, now. Yeah, man, it's, and it's messed up, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's messed up from the top down and from everywhere. It needs full on reform, like a lot of other things in this country, yeah. but it's, it's tough. And so we don't have to even go into that, but I'm looking at it more from a standpoint of just general economic relief. You know, we want to come out of COVID and want to have young people who can buy a house, buy a car, buy a new pair of shoes, go out to dinner. Yeah. And if we got a generation of people who can't do those things because they're straddled with debt, it's an issue for our national economy. So at this point, it makes a little bit of sense to give a little bit of relief. I saw some numbers of like 10K kicking around. I think that seemed like a number that everybody could kind of get behind. Yeah, got I some, heard them uh, kicking around numbers Yeah, too. we got some ideological differences still going on up there. But Imagine that. Yeah, so yeah. At, at some point, though, I think there will be some relief coming. So I think Slim can take stock in that. I see a little bit coming down the pipeline. Dude, Yoke, this is like, I'm like, again, man, I, I, I said this, I think, off mic, but it's like, I feel like I don't even know you when you come on here. Like, <laughs> oh, man, it's just like, it was, this was such a great... This was so great. And I now I feel compelled to ask you this question that I am like a thousand percent willing to hear you say like, oh, I don't fucking know, man. So what what is your spark notes? One thing, not quick fix, I hate to say it, that you could do to fix that kind of like uh, institutionalized issue at the college level more so than just like economic relief. Any Ooh. idea, given any thought to that? The only reason I ask is because you seem, A, you're in the shit with the, with the student debt thing and you're not just someone who seems to be thinking about how to pay it off. You're, you think about oh, it from a, like a, a, a more philosophical lens. Yeah, it, it, this is kind of the thing with any of these large, big scale policy conversations is like, dude, I don't have the fucking answer and that shit will be written in some kind of bill that's so fucking long that no one even wants to read it. But, and people lose yeah. that. And I think for me, there's an expectation of just like a magic wand to wave. And that might be the case because of what, like we've been getting stimulus checks and stuff like right. that. That's just like magic. So that could very well happen with this. And you wake up one day, have 30, wake up the next right. day, you got 20. I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, what are you gonna? I, no, all I was gonna say is I think whether you realize it or not, you hit on it in the sense of like I think one like 
again, I hate to like say this is the change because it seems so stupid, but it's like stop hammering home the narrative that college is the only way mm-hmm. to be successful after you go to high school. Like yeah. I, I, again, I, 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 I understand and respect the societal yeah. aspect and like really appreciate like how it taught me to operate. Like again, it's hard to say that from Penn state where there's not too much diversity, but I always say that about like Alderdice mm-hmm. where I went to high school, dude, I'm so appreciative. It might not have been the best history teachers or English teachers, but the social experience that it has and teaches you empathy and a, a multitude of other things that is so beneficial to have to you at yeah. a young age is so important. But I, I do think that it's important to just like, there's not one lane to be successful. You have to be a little bit more conscious maybe at a younger age when you're in high school. And maybe that goes to changing how high school is, which is a whole other thing. But like there's, there's other ways to, to become successful other than four years at a state school partying. Yeah. So I agree yeah. with that. But the other, the other side of that and some stuff that I was seeing was while it's actually not necessarily getting better for people who are attending college, it's getting way worse for people who aren't. For sure. So that's another issue that's at play in providing and providing outlets and places to go for people who don't necessarily want to go to a public or private four-year institution. Maybe they need a different experience, but that has to exist away from profit. And then we get into for-profit colleges and all that bullshit. Yep. And we don't got to go there, but like your ITT techs and like stuff like that. Yeah. And you're yep. preying on people who are kind of the people you're referring to. Right. Who are just and like, I'm just not it's ready predatory to make any and it's Yeah. It's yeah. a little, it's, it's fucked up, honestly. But uh, yeah, my, my, my fix all for is a little bit what I alluded to and back to the institutions, back to prioritizing education, not relying on adjunct professors. Shout out to Andy Feathers though. And like, <laughs> and like these people to take on giant course loads and actually like fucking pay like tenured professors and focus on education and stop building like new rec centers every chance you get at these major schools. It, it, it's just an overall shift in everything to me, but it's, it's tough and we'll see what happens, you know. But yeah, my advice to Slim is do you baby. <laughs> dude i love it i love it oh my god well now i just want to rebrand the entire show and just do dear bozos every week with you (laughs) no man that that went like that went i don't know i was i knew this was going to go great and that went so much yeah so much better than i could have ever expected i thought that was a great conversation thank you so much for joining i hope we're definitely whether you like it or not forcing you to come back and do this for season four if i got a fake entries and write them in where it's Uh, my own life (laughs) advice like rob did with smeg Uh, sam and oh my god (laughs) we can't spread that rumor though we can't no 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 no. smeg sam was here long before you skater rob's got no aliases yeah 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 right thank you oh dude i think that's gonna do it so uh yeah thanks for having me dude thank you you know you're always welcome just come down and come across the bridge yeah thanks for giving me a place to say my opinion out loud and dude like all bullshit aside you you absolutely smashed it you came in here uh concise prepared and insightful and showed a lot of wisdom man and like it's fucking it's real easy to take this tongue-in-cheek like i kind of do and like you came in here and gave mixed a lot of great funny uh, stuff with a lot of real life advice and experience kind of well thank you shmegma sam next door norm Pasadena Slim, I hope it helps you out. And tell me anybody that are also out there, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, I want to change the whole thing. I want to change the whole thing. <laughs> I love it that much. Thank Dude, you. Man. You killed it, man. That was, that was incredible.